Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello, everyone, and welcome, I guess you could say, to a special podcast of Pero Let Me Tell You. One we honestly wish we weren't recording. But we thought it was important to, um, because of what has happened in uh, the high school in Parkland, Florida. Yeah, Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High. And obviously, this is a, a, a tragedy, no matter what part of the world you're in. Um, but it especially uh, hits close to home. This high school is just about 30, 35 miles away from um, where we're at right now recording this podcast. It happened in Broward, which is our sister county. Yep. And um, it could have been anybody's kids out there, yep. anybody's I mean, family. You, you actually mentioned that you know a couple of people who have children up there. I was telling you that my cousin's daughter has friends that were personally affected. One, she actually knew one of the, the unfortunate um you know, victims. I don't even. I don't even know how to refer to them. To be honest with you, I don't know how to refer victims, the dead. Is it an incident? It's a tragedy. It just seems like so trite. Yeah. No matter what words I use to describe just what happened, right? So close. To yeah, because we're in we're in that situation now. When and whenever anything like this happens, that you kind of are trying to reconcile what exactly happened, how it happened, you know, obviously why it happened, and you know. What's unfortunate about these situations is that once the dust is settled, and when the dust now, nowadays settles very quickly, it's, it becomes a finger-pointing um, mm -hmm. contest. Who's at fault? Um, who did what? Who failed who to didn't? do what? Yeah. You know, in this case, is it the school? Is it the... The um, the parents, the parents, it, or, the or, the, or the guardians, correct? Because um, in this it, case, his parents uh, are both dead, correct? right? Um, is it the lack of um, security in the school? Lack of which there were two cops. There were two cops um, um, on it, campus. Lack of community involvement. Whatever. It starts a finger pointing um, situation, and it becomes a vicious cycle and a, a vicious circle of who did what, and at the end of the day, nothing gets. Nothing gets done. And we don't pretend to have the answers either. You know, mm -hmm. this is not us here saying, here's our 18-point plan of how this can never, ever happen again. I mean, it's. I think it's more just us 
talking it out with you guys in a very futile attempt to make sense of it. Yeah. I, and I know that's not even the right word. Yeah, the, co- the conversation we're, we're going to have about this is probably no different than the conversation many of you are having at home um, over this tragedy. Sadly, or, some of you with your own children. Right, uh, exactly. Um, or, or, or have had in past shootings. But for the sake of this podcast, we're going to specifically uh, take a look at school shootings. And um, we're going to take a a look at school shootings. But most importantly, we're not going to preach one way or the other. We're not going to get on a soapbox or a pedestal and say, it's this person's fault. It's that person's fault. Because you know what? We don't have to do that. That's probably going on now. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) there are much better qualified people than us to to have that. And they're going to be at each other's throat for a few days, and then probably nothing's going to happen. Yeah, and I mean, and for the record, I, I don't know. I think it's just that's just, to your point of preaching up front. You know, you've got a lawyer here who is pro constitution, anti gun. I'm not anti gun. Um, I think we are just pro common sense on some yes, level. Yes, um, and I know again, I know that I, I, I'm for once in my life, I think I'm struggling with words. Which yes, is very, very weird. It, for yeah, me. It, it is a little weird. I well, let's. I'm not anti-gun, but I guess my position in guns will come out in in the um, in in this conversation we're about to have. Um, so, in terms of school shootings, obviously, when we think of school shootings, we always think of Columbine. Yeah, remember, I, I think Columbine is one of those events that. You kind of remember when and where you were. How old were we when that happened? That happened in 1999. Okay, so, so we were fresh out of high school. We were I mean, fresh out of high school. It was very raw for us to see it, something exactly. like that. Exactly. So th- that could have been us. Yeah. Um, yeah. And Columbine was, I mean, it was a horrible tragedy. But I remember, you know, most people felt like it was just something that happened. It wasn't, right. nobody nobody foresaw clearly that it was just the beginning of these school shootings and here we are close to 20 years later and there have been dozens of school shootings just over and over again now let me ask you something and i again and it's been not even what 24 hours at this point maybe like 36 at best since it since this happened and you know you read everything everybody and their mother now has an opinion on social media guns have been around for over you know Hundreds and hundreds of years, mm-hmm. um, and we've never seen things like this. I mean, well, let me rephrase that. It's not that we've never seen it. I think there's there seems to be a bigger rash. Do you do you think that that's the case? That maybe we're just reporting it more because we are more hyper connected, and so we're finding out more mm-hmm. about these things than we would have in the past. Do you think social media, for all its good and bad, has some role to play in? Mm-hmm. You know, facilitating this to some degree. Do you think that you know we've become as a as a as a as a society? I'm not even going to say a nation because let's let's expand this, right? Let's mm-hmm. make this more of a global thing. Are just preoccupied with so many other things that mm-hmm. you know, eh? We don't really care to look at it. We're numb to it. You know, mm-hmm. somebody's got a problem. Oh, they're just on Facebook. Oh, that's a joke. Right. That's a, I mean, and again, we don't have the answers, but. What do you? I think it's all of the above to a certain extent. As far as the reporting goes, that no, because a massacre of this extent, whether it, you know, be social media or just the technology we have nowadays, mm-hmm. would have been still highly reported in in the nineties, eighties, seventies, whatever year. Um, and I mean, obviously, massacres and, and mass shootings have happened in the history of the United States. You know, if you go back. 
uh, right. you well, know, from the beginning of, of the birth of our country. Correct. Um, whether they were mafia-related or, um, you know, they were just acts of violent crime. It's something that's always happened. But I think that with school shootings in specific, um, in terms of what you said of reporting, it goes with what you also said more at the latter end of your point, was that we've kind of become numb to it. Because, again, I go back to um, Columbine. I remember everybody was outraged during Columbine. Mm -hmm. And it it, it was we had never seen that before. Because if there was one place you could be safe was was school. That's something you never doubted school and, was and, a safe and, haven and like you pointed out we're not that old i mean we graduated 20 years ago yes so so it wasn't like generations and generations right. ago we were in school in the 50s i mean so with, with school shootings i mean remember virginia tech that happened in a, in a, in a university a major university yeah. i mean you've been to college yeah you know you know colleges have a police department that is everywhere yeah. and yet that happened at Virginia Tech. The most I've experienced, actually, when I was at UM, um, would be, you know, if somebody didn't study for a test, they would call in a bomb threat. Mm-hmm. And back then, because this was pre-9-11, you called in a bomb threat, yeah, they closed the, the, the building and right. what have you, but eh, you just kind of went on your way. So, mm-hmm. you know, even then, like, a bomb threat was treated as, like, ugh, somebody doesn't want to take the bio test. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and I, I think that now... The way that I see it, and you know, maybe you see it differently, and other people see it differently as well. I, I'm not. I, I don't care so much as to. Well, I do care as to why it's happening, because in order to try to solve it, you have to Correct. know why it's happening. Right. But my bigger concern is, okay, this is happening. What are we going to do about it? And obviously, that's what everybody is talking about. What are we going to do about it? Right. Um, in a case like this. You know, now there's going to be finger pointing. I, I, I feel that what happens is every time there's a shooting, we get political talking heads. Mm-hmm. We get the people on the right who are like, no, we have a Second Amendment right to bear arms and you can't touch our guns. Mm-hmm. And extra gun legislation is impeding on those rights. Right. And this is uncalled for. And then the NRA gets involved. And, and then, yeah, they, yeah. And then you have people on the complete left of like, well, we should outlaw guns. Guns, right, you know, right. guns kill people. And then, you know, the, guns the left, kill people, the, people kill people. And then it's a vicious Exactly. Cycle the left up. says guns kill people. The right says People, people kill, kill people, people and, not guns. And you know what the truth is? Somewhere in the middle. Somewhere in the middle. But my whole argument to that is that no matter where you are in the gun lobby and the gun debate, our government should have come up with a solution for this a while ago. And they haven't. Well, no matter where you are. I don't believe that simple, just gun legislation on its own can solve this problem. If it was that simple... Would have been done a long it time would ago. Have, either it would have been done a long time ago, but I mean, listen. Wait, no, anything that could be done with the stroke of a pen would have been. I mean, look, and I think that you would agree with me out with this. When Sandy Hook happened, oh god, okay, like I remember, I remember watching that and thinking, and I'm this sure, is going to be the moment. This is the watershed moment. This is what's now, gonna gonna push us. This is what's gonna push us. How many years ago was that? That was 2014. I'll say out. Uh, Four years and change, maybe five, let's say. Okay. And we're still having the same conversation. If the same debate. 15 or 20 shot little four or five year olds. Because we're not even talking about teenagers who were like in a gang little fight or Little four and five year olds yeah, yeah. shot the week before Christmas. If that. I mean, Charles Dickens couldn't have put that together. 
if that did not make this change, nothing good luck, good is. Luck. And 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 good what luck. upsets me is that it's not a societal or or a, a people thing. I think that the country as a whole would wants this to change. Right. It's our elected how? leaders. It's how. It's our elected leaders. Yeah. So what they're going to do about this, I don't know. Um, let me and, I, and I'm and I'm I try and interrupt, not to interrupt, but just and again, we're trying to keep this as concise as possible because, as we said earlier, this could ramble forever. Mental health has to be a factor. Here. Of course, it has to be a factor. I mean, we're talking about somebody, and you know, he was expelled from the school, so mm-hmm. it's not he was not a current student at the mm-hmm. time that this happened. He was expelled. Now looking back, you know, there were warning signs. There's always warning signs, right? Like after mm-hmm. the fact, it's. I know it's very easy to to look back afterwards and say, oh well, and hindsight, everything's twenty twenty, exactly. But we are talking about someone who you know did post things on YouTube, did mm-hmm. post social comments, and I believe was expelled because he brought bullets to the school. Mm-hmm. I mean, so this is not somebody who it's like, oh, he was expelled because he talked back to a teacher. Oh, mm-hmm. this is a jump. Mm-hmm. Do you? I mean, I know that there's that fine line between like, well, my my health and my mental health is my business and it mm-hmm. should not be infringed upon and, and so on and so forth. But mm-hmm. at what point does your ability to act as an individual mm-hmm. inf- start to infringe on the fact of these 17 now dead mm-hmm. people? Right. Young children. I mean, we're talking as young as 14 years right. old. Well, in order to look at that, we have to look at the Second Amendment. So let's okay. have a conversation about the Second Amendment. And I'm going to give you, you know, <laughs> no, no, for, for I mean, Jesus, Darian, take the wheel because uh, you, no, because you're a lawyer. No, but you studied this more so than I than but, I did, and I'm not going to pretend to know. But more not even you. that. I mean, I think a lot of this is common sense. So the Second common Amendment sense ain't so common. <laughs> the Second Amendment verbatim states a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state. The right. Of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Now, from a historical, that's the Second Amendment. Okay, that is the language. Now, this of isn't going to be one of those things where, like, because of the lack of an Oxford comma, <laughs> it changes the meaning of everything. So, it? constitutional scholars believe that the reason the Second Amendment was put in the Constitution in the Bill of Rights was because. At the time that this was written, we had mm-hmm. just you know um, liberated ourselves, liberated ourselves from right. uh, the British, British rule, Correct. and this was a way of the people being able to defend themselves from an invasion from uh, a British invasion, which Correct. eventually did happen. And we had a very you know our weak military at the time, and, so and was, so, yeah, so everybody was, had to be able to this grab was giving the power to the people, right. right? And from there, from that concept that our founding fathers had. We have what we now consider the Second Amendment. Okay. Now, and we're talking about a man who had wooden teeth and could not foresee Snapchat. Now, this is something because you said a minute ago that I'm anti-guns. I'm anti-guns insofar as that I was not raised with guns. My father did not have a gun. Mm-hmm. Nobody in my family had a gun. Truth be told, I've never held a gun in my in my hand. Mm-hmm. I've. It's something that's very foreign to me because. Mm-hmm. Nobody in my family had a gun, and you know how it's like everything right. else. When somebody in your family is exposed to something, exposes you to something, you become more familiar with. Well, it. on the flip side, I grew up. Actually, my grandfather had a gun in the house. My parents, from what I understand, had a, a gun or have. I the fact that listen to the phrasing, I couldn't tell you where it is. No. <laughs> so I've never held one, but I knew that 
My grandfather had one. Está en una caja de zapato en el está no sé dónde. My mother, my mother growing up had I think a Smith and Wesson. Yeah. When she was like in her early twenties. Your mom? My mother. She had her little gun. She would go to the shooting range. She would clean it. I mean, so. So your mom can fire a gun, but she can't put gas in. I, we didn't want to bring you after this argument, but but, but, but levity is so needed at, at, at times like this. And so, but to your point, where it's like I've never held a gun either. I've always wanted to go to the shooting range, mm-hmm. but I did grow up in an environment where a gun was somewhere. But again, because of a responsible gun owner, mm-hmm. neither myself nor my sister knew where it was, or, right. or, or it wasn't just something like laying out on a counter somewhere. Mm-hmm. So, right. so. I, I, I personally, for me, I don't feel comfortable with a gun or around a gun or having a gun, mm-hmm. but many people do. And we have many, many good friends that are responsible gun owners that, you know, they, they're okay with it. And, and they, they're responsible gun owners, they're educated, they're, they have children in the house, and, and there's not a problem. It's so, like having liquor in the house. So I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm not opposed to responsible gun ownership, and I don't think anybody is. Right. The problem with the Second Am- Amendment is... In the way it's being interpreted. In the way it's, in the way it's being interpreted, in the way it's being enforced, is the whole loophole thing. So as you know, a lot of these, a lot of um, states and, and different areas have um, different laws for, for guns. But but everybody agrees that there is a loophole in terms of the, the private sales and, Correct. and yes, the yes. gun shows. So let's talk a second for what that is. If you go buy a gun at a gun store, they do a background check. They... Um, there's a process. There is a process. You a a very formal check. government regulated There's process. an application. It's very formal. It's very regulated. Obviously, you know, if you're like on a no-fly list or Probably like not going to get a gun. You know, issues yeah. are going to come up. There is a process. I think we would all agree that that's not a bad thing. Right? right? It's not a bad thing. You could still have your gun according right. to the Second Amendment, but it's regulated like anything is regulated. Nobody's taking that right away. The problem comes with the loophole exceptions with gun shows mm-hmm. right. and and private sales. Oh, so yeah, I can go to the Tamiami gun show mm-hmm. here. If you're from South Florida, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Tala Feria. Tala Feria, where the, the fair is every year. Go to one of these tables. And buy a gun? Hey, I want this gun. Here, give me the money. Here's your gun. Enjoy your day. Is it, is it literally that simple? It is and that I, simple. And, and I, I genuinely don't know. The same way that we have friends that are responsible gun owners and are educated and have gone to the firing range, so on and so right. forth, we have other people, people right. that we know that... I was having a conversation with this person not too long ago. He bought a gun from a private sale and he had never taken a shooting class. Right. He doesn't have a license. He doesn't have anything. So... How do you reconcile that? And then the problem with this conversation is that the moment that you start having this conversation, people get very defensive right. and they say, that's my right. What about the people who will counter and say, I know how I would stand on this, but people who counter and say something like, well, just because you regulate it, criminals are always going to find that is- a way to, to, to get, and they always come back with the drug argument, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, cocaine is illegal, mm-hmm. but there's right. more addicts and people right. will do it. And I always, is- I always counter with... You know, drunk driving is illegal. Right. People still do it. Should it now become legal? Right. It, that's, it's, it's That's very true. That's very true. But let, let me propose this. 
if right now I wanted to go and get cocaine, mm-hmm. I wanted to get high. I mean, we're in Miami. It's, yeah. I don't know where to find it. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I don't. It just makes it harder. It makes it harder. If you don't know. So if I want to go get high on coke, if I want to shoot a line, I... For, for the record, if anyone knows a dealer, well, our, our email address, podcast at gmail.com. I really have to go out of my way to do this. Right. It's so, not walk so to Walmart a, a or whatever. Correct. Okay. okay. So let's go back now to guns. Okay. So let's say that now you're someone who you're... Like the individual who is responsible for this incident. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Who, by the way, most of the times these types of incidents occur with legally purchased Purchase guns. guns. Not even gun show type situations, well, right? They are. I'm, just, right, I'm, they I'm are driving, legally purchased. I'm driving home the point. These at, are also not instances where oh, I went and bought it from some hobo behind a dumpster. Um, Adam Lanza, who shot the kids in um, in Sandy Hook, mm-hmm. the guns that he had yeah. were completely legal. Yeah, yeah. There were for, there were his mother's, I believe, but which he legally. killed as well. But they were legal. Right. Um, so anyway. Um, if if this person right now who's like who was all obviously traumatized and had his issues and had these plans right. and and premeditated this you can make an argument that if he had to go through this process maybe he could have changed his mind or somebody would have caught on or somebody would have caught on right. so right. you know the the argument the same way that you could say well as you mentioned the the People who criticize it are going to say, well, um, you could still obtain guns illegally. Yeah, you can. You could obtain anything illegally. But deterrence is also important. And if deterrence can save one tragedy and save some people, then you know what? Job that's, well done. That's the life saved. That's and, and, you know, something that um, I think is also important to discuss in this is um, the United States is the only country... That's a first world country or a developed nation that has this problem. No other country has this problem with this frequency. Yes, there are uh, criminals random acts of violence and random shootouts, especially nowadays with terrorism. Um, there may be a lot, um, but in terms of you know this, just over and over and over, it, it seems like every few months these we're sending thoughts and prayers. Right, we're sending thoughts and prayers. Actually, you know what? I'm so glad you mentioned that. In terms of like social media, especially Instagram, which we're both on. Remember a couple <laughs> of years individually ago, like a, a couple of years ago, you know, everybody when something would happen somewhere would change their people would be like, picture. "Oh, uh, thoughts and prayers to Paris, thoughts yes, and yes. prayers to Sandy Hooks, right. thoughts and prayers here, London, or, or wherever." Right. My thoughts and prayers. Have you noticed how that's diminished? Yep. 
Did you notice that? I only saw one person in my feed. I haven't seen anybody. But I again, I've and, and part of the problem is that I think I've almost started glossing over mm-hmm. posts of this. Mm-hmm. No, they're not there. No, 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 no. But I'm saying people, people are sharing and posting. Not necessarily on Instagram, but on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm glossing over a lot of it. Not because I've grown numb to it. Although I think on some level, maybe I, I have as much as I'd like to say I, I'm not. But... It's also because I don't want to engage in the right. confrontational rhetoric. Okay. And I think we've said this before. It's social media. You cannot have a meaningful debate. You no, can try. No, 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 God no. bless the person no. who tries. And I've seen a couple, actually, of conversations back and forth with people that we've gone to high school with that are actually civilized. Mm-hmm. And they are conversations, <laughs> not attacks. And yeah. that is the exception and the exception not the rule. rule. Right. No, so, but, but these, but these, you know, you know what I'm talking about. No, like the, the, change the, your profile picture to, a, right. to the Eiffel Tower. Which are generally very benign. You correct, know? correct. Um, I only saw one. I and I any. think, you know, and this has nothing to do with that. That's a whole other argument in terms of theology and religion and spirituality. Right. Nothing to that. But I just think that that shows that how frustrated people are. You know, that uh, this is not an issue of because I feel that when when in, when a tragedy happened and you say, my thoughts and prayers are to this tragedy, I think that it, it's not that you see it as a one-off event, but it's like, oh my gosh, that's so terrible Especially what happened here. So terrible what happened here. You know, God, God's, you know, help us, you know, God, right. you know, for, forgive or whatever. It comes from a sincere place. It comes from a sincere place. But I think that now, part. with the frequency of events like this happening, people are just, it, people are, are becoming numb. Mm-hmm. And or are becoming, fr- some people are becoming numb, and other people are just becoming really frustrated. And mm-hmm. kind of that civility of you know my thoughts and prayers go out to the victims of whatever right. is kind of ending. Now it's kind of like what the hell, you know, what the heck? Right, right, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> On a good day, you get yeah, what the heck, yeah. yeah. And um, so something else that I wanted to add in terms of the whole um, discussion we're having in terms of gun laws and, and, and things like that. Is and by no means is it in just a gun uh, discussion. Like again, mm-hmm. I know I touched on it very briefly, but you know, mental health has a huge thing mental to health do with that as well. I mean, huge. Number one, we've come a long way with the stigma of mm-hmm. mental health. I think more and more people will be willing to to go and seek help, whether they're suffering from depression or, or schizophrenia or whatever the, the terms are nowadays. I don't necessarily know in terms of access, and that's a whole other conversation, but access to those facilities, those resources. Mm -hmm. And in this particular case where we are talking about a student, there's a whole other factor as well, which is a school can only do so much Mm -hmm. before the the guardians, the parents, the family Mm -hmm. of the individual has to take it up. And I think so many times people turn a blind eye. Mm -hmm. The, oh, if I don't see it, it doesn't happen syndrome. Mm -hmm. That's also... I mean, again, I'm not... Placing blame on this or that. I'm just, there's so many factors. It's, it's, it's so many factors. It's this, this horrible ecosystem. This is a multi-layered discussion and a multi-layered problem. And I still think it's the government's fault because you know what? This has been happening for a really long time. We this spend, isn't Columbine. This we, isn't the first. We spend money on a lot of things in terms of the government, and it, this is not you know specific to one administration or one political leaning just in general you know what study other developed countries other first world nations go to europe go to you know other australia um, and we want to discuss australia oh, oh, in a second the irony of the former penal colony being like the 
you know, the, the benchmark mm-hmm. of, of gun reform or whatever we want to mm-hmm. call it is not lost yeah. on and, me. And, and, and I'll make a point of Australia in a second. But go to all these countries where it is legal to own a gun, where it's, it's not forbidden for right. citizens to have guns, and see what they're doing and what their society says. And, 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 and study this. This is not something that's going to have a simple solution. Study this from it's whether it's gun legislation to mental health to... Um, to um, just things around you in terms of television, in terms of media. Study this. This is your job as a government to protect your citizens. And protecting your citizens is not necessarily only in terms of military involvement. This is your job to protect your citizens. And and nothing's done. So now it's a fighting game and all that. But what you said said of Australia... Um, so Australia is a, a very interesting uh, topic in terms of gun laws because in 1996 there was um, what's called the Port Arthur Massacre where um, somebody went and shot up, I think, I don't know if it was like 30, between 30 and 40 people. Okay. Right? It was the worst shooting incident in Australia. And after that, you know, people were outraged. Right. And, you know, Australians, if there's anybody in, in Australia <laughs> listening to our podcast, you know, good day. <laughs> Thank you very much. I had the pleasure of visiting your country a few years back, and I fell in love with Australia and Sydney. Just a little shout out to you guys. And the one thing he made sure to tell me was he did not see one unattractive person. Yeah. In Australia. Not it's one. like you are all just <laughs> it doesn't beautiful exist. over there. So I don't I don't know what kind of genetic cloning you guys have been doing over there. But Anyways, um Way to go. So what happened was that after this massacre and this terrible event, the federal government government got involved very swiftly mm-hmm. uh, because in Australia, prior to that, different um, different principalities had different rules on it. Okay. So there was so like, like, a, like the way we have a local state government. Yes, uh, exactly. Um, it, the federal government got involved and swiftly uh, did an amnesty program where if you turned in your gun no questions asked, you would get a financial compensation. And millions of guns were returned. Um, And different, obviously different legislation was invoked at that time. And I, and and doing a little bit of research to that, I I found something that I really wanted to um, uh, mention here in terms of, of, um, of the firearms uh, legislation of Australia. And it says that a person who possesses or uses a... This is the Australian um, law. A person who possesses or uses a firearm firearm must have a firearm license. License holders must demonstrate a genuine reason for holding a firearm license and must not be a prohibited person. All firearms in Australia must be registered by a serial number to the owner who also owns owns a firearms license. Now, I'm not too keen on our legislation, but it sounds very similar. I mean, no, it, it, it does. But, don't, but it, don't we have to have licenses and, and no, registration? Don't no, we have to be registered? No, we guns don't. have to be registered. It, to, 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 I've seen enough Law and Order SVU to know yes, that guns have to be registered to, to conceal to have an open carry permit. So if you want to go with your gun mm-hmm. to like date the mall, but if I have a gun right now at home, no, I don't have to have that no. registered. No. Okay. I I was under this. Now under, you have an open you have an open carry you have an open um, uh, carry uh, license. I forget what the exact terminology is. That if if you have that permit that okay. license, you can carry your gun correct. as long as it's that, concealed. Correct. Whether it's in your purse or it's under your shirt. 
whatever. You're For that, right. you do need a license because if you get stopped by the cops... They have to know that you're okay to have that on your person. Right, and right. they see that you have a weapon. That's the whole problem when they stop people and they find a weapon because they don't have a license for that weapon. Okay. So if you're going to take the weapon outside of your property, you need a license for it. Well, okay. I mean, that, that that's great, but I mean, that doesn't stop you from buying a gun and going and shooting a place. Right, right, right. 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 So in, in, in Australia... So if you have a license, your license has to correspond to the serial number of of that like, um, a, like a car. Right. And if you get rid of that weapon, you have to report it. So that's how they curtail private sales. So I think again, don't pretend to have the answers, but I think if we did something even just initially about maybe private sales, Maybe that could curtail. Well, but that's what they've been trying to do all these years, legislation. And the problem is, and again, I I don't want to sound like I'm totally like a leftist, anti-gun person. After Totally, um, coincidentally, this podcast is brought to you by the NRA. (laughs) Well, actually, I was about to mention the NRA. Um, After Sandy Hook, there was a bipartisan legislation, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, to toughen our gun laws. And it had bipartisan approval, had bipartisan bipartisan approval, and it actually looked like it was going to pass. And when it was almost, you know, looked like the writing writing was on the wall that it was going to pass, the NRA got involved. And that's it. Game over. So, you know, we don't pretend to have the answers, but we were, you know, like everybody out there, um, we are just fed up about it as well. We're frustrated, um, you know, for the victims, for ourselves, for just everybody involved. And we just wanted to have a quick episode as to what was going on. Yeah. And, you know, you guys have been fantastic about engaging with us and and sharing your thoughts and all of that. So, you know, we encourage you if, if you if you feel the need to talk about this, if you just kind of want a place to vent and to, to sound off, you know, feel free to use our, our pages on Instagram, on Facebook, etc. All that we would ask is that you please do keep it respect, respectful mm-hmm. and civil. Um, I know how things can get very quickly out of hand on social media, mm-hmm. but I just want to put that out there. We will not tolerate anybody being, you know, just disrespectful to each other. Right. Um, you will be deleted. <laughs> you will be deleted. Okay. And um, I, I think we're wrapping up now. Yes. And, and the one thing we did want to do before we, we signed off is um, acknowledge, give some acknowledgement to, yes. to the victims. We, were, we, we consciously made an effort to not talk about the person who caused this. Mm-hmm. The, the media is going to have that person's name over and over again. And often not in these tragedies, you talk about the person who did it, but not about the heroes. Correct. So we want to... Um, Mention. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there were a lot of heroes and a lot of people absolutely. who did amazing things yesterday absolutely. that saved a lot of lives that just we don't know about yet. Um, but there's two people in particular that we want to mention. So go ahead. Uh, I'm going to start with, she's a teacher, Melissa Falkowski. I read an article just in, I think it was msn.com, that she, uh, I'm actually going to read her her quote Um, Well, it says, when Melissa Falkowski heard there was an active shooter on campus, her instincts kicked in. And this is her quote. I managed to put 19 kids in the closet with me. This is the worst nightmare that could ever happen to you. I think I can speak on behalf of 19 sets of parents that would agree with her. And I'm like, my, my eyes are like tearing up right now as I'm saying this. Would thank her to no end. And I thank her. To no end. Because you never know how you're going to react in Mm -hmm. a crisis situation. And she had the wherewithal to save the lives of 19 children. 19. And... That's a lot of people. You know, I I don't care what your your 
religious leaning is, you know, God bless this woman. Yep. God yep. bless her. And we also want to uh, mention Aaron Feiss, who was the, uh, he was a football coach, I believe, at the yep. school. And unfortunately, he was one of the victims. And yeah. he shielded, he, big guy, he shielded um, many students from the gunfire. Yeah. And saved many lives in the process. Um, God, you know, God knows how many lives he saved. Um, unfortunately, he did pass away. And you know, it's people like these guys, and again, a lot of other people yeah. who probably did very heroic things yesterday that we don't know about. Um, that hopefully will come to light because these are the people that we need to um, be focusing on. You know, the guy who did this, let the courts deal with him. Let God deal with him. Yeah. Let fate deal whatever with him. Whatever you believe in. He, he's going to get one way or the other justice um, and his just desserts. <laughs> yeah. So it, it, it makes no sense to just keep going on and on about him um, when we should focus on the, these people who did heroic acts. Yeah, and... Um... Again, 17 victims, including uh, Aaron Feiss, senselessly just massacred. I mean, that's what it was. It was a massacre. This was not, you know, a a random shooting. This wasn't gang-related. This Mm -hmm. wasn't retribution. This was a senseless tragedy that just, it happened in our backyard. And, you know, at the risk of sounding flippant, you know, usually in the past when things like this have happened, I've always kind of made the joke of like, oh... Eso de, you know, those mass shootings, eso cosa de gente blanca, you know, that's white people shit, mm-hmm. you know. And it wasn't this time. And I think that that served a bit to humble me in, in you know, and this could happen everywhere. Because it's it always, it it's always, no, but you know, it always, historically, it's always happened in these small towns, mm-hmm. you know. And, and you don't think, oh, a big city, that would never happen. You know, mm-hmm. well, it did. Anywhere, anytime, by anyone. Yeah. You and never know. You never know. And so, um. Thank you guys for, for listening. I promise uh, our next podcast will be um, much more humorous. Previously recorded, will be yeah. you know back to how we were. We also want to give one final um, remembrance, at least on our part, to yes. the victims of yesterday. Yes. Um, so I'll I'll start. Um, Alyssa Alhadef, uh, fourteen. Scott Beigel, thirty-five. The Mar- Martin Duque, fourteen. Nicholas Durrett, seventeen. Uh, Aaron Feiss, 37. Wow, he's like our age. Yeah. Jamie Guttenberg, 14. Uh, Chris Hickson, 49. Luke Hoyer, 15. These are children. Kara Logren, and I apologize for any mispronounced names, um, 14. Gina Montalto, 14. So many freshmen. It's it's crazy. Joaquin Oliver, 17. Aliana Petty, 14. Meadow Pollock, 18. Oh, God, her picture is her graduation picture. Helena Ramsey, 17. Alex Shatter, Schachter, 14. Carmen Shentrump, 16. Peter Wong, 15. And I think that's uh, I think that's the last. And and I apologize. It's we're literally reading this off of our, our these, phones. These were these are children. Yeah, it's just children. They, they you know. Senseless. There's, you know, sometimes you just have no words. So, so thank you guys for joining us. Anyways, thank you for listening, and um, we'll uh, see you guys soon. Thank you. Bye. Bye. 
Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Acast anbefaler. Mit navn er Anders Morgenthaler. Over for mig sidder Roald Bergmann. Vi har lavet en ny podcast, der hedder Dopaminklubben. Og Dopaminklubben er en klub, hvor ADHD er fucking sjovt, og hvor det griner. Det behøver ikke at være super alvorligt. Vi skider skidesrætter alle de der podcast og forklarer mig nederen der. Vi gør grin med vores ADHD. Mulig ADHD. Ja, vi udreder mig, fordi nogen siger, at jeg har det. Jeg ved det ikke rigtigt, det finder vi ud af. Vi har i hvert fald lavet vedmål. Ind og lytte til Dopaminklubben. Hver uge udkommer vi. Der laver vi sjov og spas med at have den her vidunderlige dopaminmangel.